Hello, and welcome to the Shmuel Tenenhaus Netflix special. My name is Shmuel Tenenhaus, and this is my Netflix special podcast. Thank you. It's going well, everybody. I hope your nine days are going well. I hope people are being safe. They're not multitasking, like crossing the street and chewing gum at the same time. And I am very happy to share with you that this week we have a an amazing guest. It is world-renowned female singer, Jewish superstar, Hanala. Hanala also happens to be my first cousin. So stay around for the interview. It's something you do not want to miss. And if you miss it, that's just it. You missed it. There's nothing you can do. So before we jump right into that interview, I want to address a couple of things. First of all, right right, right away, I see hummus everywhere. It's become a mainstream food. And it could be bothers me a little bit because this was one of the few things that we had maybe from the Middle East and now it's everywhere. But that is really not what bothers me. I really, I kind of enjoy seeing it all over the place. But what I don't enjoy is the fact that uh, hummus has a, a cousin called tchina, which is very underrated, and you don't see it commercialized really anywhere. And I believe that tchina is a way better dip and overall substance than hummus because one, it's creamy and soft. Second of all, everybody today makes hummus like Pepsi and Sabra and Frito-Lay and even homeless people have their own white-labeled hummus brand. But tchina is, is really solid. It's a good taste. And the barrier to entry seems a lot higher because fewer people are doing tchina. And so sometimes I feel like I ought to just be standing by the hummus department because every grocery now has a, a hummus section that is growing by leaps and bounds. First it used to be just a freezer and now there's a section and now there's a whole supermarket. And I feel like just hiding behind shelves and when people take a thing of hummus, I could pop out and say, yo, just so you know, there's trina. It's way better than hummus. Anyways, I just thought I would say, say this. This is something that I'm very passionate about. So the next question is, this is a theoretical question, and it goes like this. If you found out that the 18 minutes for Shabbos was being canceled, cancel culture, or let's say you get a statement in the mail and says, hey, Jew, the 18 minutes, we're taking that back. Sincerely yours, Hashem. Would, would people say, that's it, I'm done with Yiddishkeit, because the 18 minutes are really a gray zone. Technically, people lit Shabbos candles, but then again, people could be on their phones or they can make a condition that they'll accept Shabbos later. So it's really a huge buffer zone for the whole week. In fact, myself, I sometimes will be like, I got to do something. You know, I'll just leave it for the 18 minutes. For example, my taxes, I don't want to deal with it during the week. I worked in the week. It's not a very productive time. People are calling me. The 18 minutes, though, it's right before Shabbos. It's got to hustle, hustle, hustle. So the question is, if the 18 minutes were going away, would people just say, that's it, I'm done with Judaism because we had these little 18 minutes going on, but now we don't have the 18 minutes. And I feel that 
the 18 minutes, I think, is just such an amazing opportunity for people to get in touch with themselves and, and their Judaism because you're kind of skirting on the edge. You know, any second now, you can get hit by lightning for violating Shabbos, but you're in the 18 minute zone and who knows what's going to happen. But if you don't have the 18 minutes, we don't know what's going to be. So the other thing I asked, uh, wanted to tell you is that sometimes a baby will smile at you, but you realize after a while that they're really not smiling at you. They have gas, and gas is causing them to make what looks and appears to be a smile on their face. And as I'm, you know, adapt, adopting to, or adapting, I'm adapting to this new reality I'm starting to question some of the adult relationships that I have now too. Like when somebody smiles at me and Shul, I want to know, is he really my friend? Or maybe he just has heartburn because he ate something that he wasn't supposed to right before coming to Shul or maybe hours before coming to Shul and he just has a slower metabolism. And so that's why sometimes now I feel like going over to people who I'm really chummy with and I'll be like, hey, let's just do like an authenticity test here. If you could just take a little gripe water or some of these gas drops and then... I want to understand if that chumminess that we have still continues to exist. Okay, the next thing. Museums have a gift shop. It's, it's mandatory. In fact, I think this is just the gifts. The, the gift shops are really at the epicenter of the museum, and then they just build a bunch of exhibits around it. But the idea is to be able to sell you merchandise which is marked up by 1,500 or 2,000%. Cle- very clever concept. So the next thing is, in museums, there's a gift shop, and what they do is they strategically put it that you can't really go to the bathroom unless you schlep your kids through the gift shop because they want to sell you their stuff, which is highly marked up. So, obviously, the kids say, hey, can we get something at the gift shop? And the parents say, no, because then we won't be able to have any money for food, and then you guys are going to be hungry, and then it's going to be a problem. So, what I'm suggesting is that gift shops sell for $1.99 a little sticker or a pin that says worst parent ever. And so on the one hand, you can afford it and you can buy something and you can also let your kid wear it. But the other end, we want to be truthful to other people. And we should just call a spade a spade that you are the worst dad ever because, or the worst mom, because we don't want to discriminate. You can be the worst dad or the worst mom choosing uh, how, how it is that you want to be. But uh, again, that's my suggestion. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is something that really infuriates me, and that is my kids come home with slime. That is the number one thing that they love to play with. No toys anymore. It's just uh, slime. That's all I can say. And not just that, stores are actually selling my kids slime to take into my house so they can get it in the furniture and in their hair and all over the house. I don't understand why stores would do it. In fact, I would actually pay a store $2, but let's leave the slime in the store so the employees can play with it so I don't have to clean it up. And I just wonder again, is maybe this is a clever ruse to deal with some of the supply chain issues, which is, hey, we don't have anything to sell. Let's just take some of the garbage that's rotting, put it in a little container and sell it to the American kids as slime. Now, some of my kids have started to rollerblade. Great pastime. I did this as a child, too. Rollerblading, it's a lot of fun. Cool people do that at the beach. They're toned. They're rollerblading. 
I love rollerblading, and I did it as a child, too. One tiny, tiny sliver of a plot problem that I have with the rollerblading industry and rollerblades in general. There is no efficient way to stop. Let's just all acknowledge that. So basically, if you're going very fast in roller, on rollerblades, un- unless you know a, a miracle way how to, you know, make an X with your feet and then circle around and then just stop with, uh, you know, sparks flying out from the, the back of the rollerblades, really, your SOL, if you're going really fast into oncoming traffic. Basically, option number one is you just find the closest patch of grass and dive right into it. I've done that many times, a great way to stop in rollerblades. The other thing is, it's basically you want to carry a cell phone with you. So if, again, you are going straight into a truck, and obviously there's no way or no stop sign to grab onto and wrap yourself around, because I've done that too, literally wrap myself like a Twizzler around the stop sign because there's no way to stop rollerblades. So you just have a cell phone with you, and at the very least, you maybe not be, not be able to stop, but at least you have a cell on speed dial, so they, and it's location-based, so they can find you and help you when something happens. So this weekend on Sunday is going to be Tisha B'Av, the 9th of Av. It's going to be a fast. And I have very nice uh, recollection of fasting when I was younger, and... Uh, specifically around day camp. Now, if you were ever a day camp a day camp counselor, there is uh, a, a tradition, and it's not around anymore. And that is, you have to go and watch and consume as many movies as possible. So what happens is you do echa, you sit on the floor with with ash on your head, and then immediately figure out who has a blockbuster card that there are no late fines on it, and then you dash to uh, Blockbuster. Blockbuster actually had a slogan back in the day. This was in the 90s, for people who don't remember, make it a Blockbuster Tisha B'Av. And so what you want to do is, because you're coming straight out of Yeshiva, now you have Tisha B'Av, great opportunity. You want to basically consume as many movies as possible, uh, and you try to keep, you know, keep it susp- uh, suspense, and you want to have some horror in there because it is Tisha B'Av. You, you shouldn't be watching a tremendous amount of comedies. If you don't like romance, you can make sure to watch a rom-com just to really feel the pain of Tisha B'Av. And the reason why you have to consume all of this and binge, and this is way before Netflix had this whole series where you were binge on, is because let's say you're going back to Yeshiva, and then you know it's going to be three, four months in Yeshiva, and you're staring at your Chavrosa, and nobody has anything to talk about. That's where you want to pile up on movies from Tisha B'Av because you'd be like, hey, I know it's kind of other time in Yeshiva and we've gone through every possible discussion that we possible because we sit across from each other for six hours a day. But check this out. There was this one movie I watched on on Tisha B'Av, etc., etc., etc. Again, there's no blockbusters around, but... That's just the way it works. Now, if you're in overnight camp, obviously you can't watch movies because that is not a chassidic thing to do and watch movies in camp with other people. You have to go home and sneak to a movie theater or go have Netflix or something else. So in overnight camp, what they do is they do buck buck. Basically, people line up like human sardines and they jump on each other's backs and there's this whole pyramid thing where 
you jump on the people and you try to knock them down. I don't know. I don't know what the English equivalent is. It's like rugby for drunk people, and obviously a great and smart thing to do on the night of the fast when uh, people can't eat or drink, and it's super dangerous to do. Great way to end off the nine days. Wanted to find out where you rank or where you are on the birthday spectrum. Where do you fall? So where, where I've noticed is with birthdays is some people don't want anybody to know it's their birthday. It's a shameful experience. Uh, it was probably an accident that they were born to begin with. Anybody who knows that it's their birthday is actually sworn to secrecy. There can be absolutely no leaks. If you wish them a happy birthday, they will not acknowledge it. And possibly they'll stay indoors for a couple of days with their blinds drawn because obviously it reminds them of the day that they entered this universe. The other camp is polar opposite. They start tailgating two weeks before their birthday because like, yo, 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 it's my birthday in two weeks because we everybody cares about the fact that your birthday's in two weeks. And then... Basically, there needs to be like a team dedicated to how, and a committee pretty much, like a birthday committee to figure out how we're going to celebrate your birthday. Now, a birthday party is not going to satisfy somebody who is on the other end of the spectrum. A birthday party is just like one element of the birthday week. It's pretty much a celebration festival, and there's an after party, and an after and after party, and a pretty much you celebrate it until the next birthday. I wanted to read a uh, quote from a self-help book because there are, I have lots of loyal listeners who've been complaining and saying, hey, we're, we're only listening and tuning in because we have mental health issues, but we're too lazy to read, and you read all the self-help books. Unfortunately, I do not have the book with me, and I'm... Truly sorry about this, but uh, the book that I didn't want to quote was uh, Psycho-Cybernetics, which is a great book. I recommend you read it, and perhaps in a future show, I will read a quote. Now, I want to share a secret on how homeopathy was created. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, homeopathy. It is these small little pellets that have very interesting names, but what happened was it's an alternative type of medicine. You do not need a medical degree in some states to practice that. None of the medicines are FDA approved. And now I'm getting a lot of people upset because I'm exposing the alternative side of medicine. Now, if I said anything that is uh, incorrect, please let me know. And I will take a remedy to make sure that I don't talk like this in the future. Now, so the way it went is, was there was a bunch of kids in college and they're they're studying to be a doctor. And then you had the people that were taking it really seriously and doing well in their exams and getting through through the years and practice and residency and things like that. Then you had another group of people that just didn't want to do any of their studying. They didn't want to do any homework. And one day they were just sitting together and saying, hey, why do we got to do all this medicine stuff? Why can't we just cut up a bunch of Tic Tacs into small little pellets and then put them into small blue vials and call them names of plants or anything else and give it to people? People will, will buy anything that you're selling. And so they're like, wow, that's a very clever idea. And so 
that is how uh, homeopathy came about. And it uh, the, the cause, I mean, not the cause, the way the name came about, and I was, I'm doing this all this research, it's fascinating, is uh, they were apathetic to doing homework. And so you have homeopathy, which I guess a clever way of doing it. And how do I know? Uh, so by the way, there's really three general types of homeopathy remedies. I would say the first one would be uh, category would be mint, then you have spearmint, and then you have cinnamon. I one time got homeopathy cinnamon flavor. It's definitely not one of the more popular ones, but you may enjoy it too. And it's so clever how they cut that those Tic Tacs into small little balls. And you know, here's some of the reasons why I'm, you know, I'm I'm a little skeptical of this whole industry. So if somebody's feeling bloated, there's a remedy you can take called Humpty Dumpty. Dude, that sounds a lot like Humpty Dumpty, and probably it's offensive to anybody taking that medicine. If somebody is uh, feeling or acting very belligerent, there is a remedy that you can take homeopathy called Nakitoff. And again, that's for sure, knock it off. And it's just silly. They can come up with things which are much better disguised. The other thing is, if you can't sleep and you have insom insomnia, there is insomnia. There is a remedy that you take called Nokin Sleepy. And obviously, there's nothing scientific about it. The name is just called Nokin Sleepy. And obviously, it's, it's pretty simple. Now, I want to say, if I wanted to ask you a question, who is the most famous Jewish lecturer right now? I would say, hands down, who, the person who gets this award is Rabbi Shays Taub. Somehow, I don't know if it's retargeting ads, but I see him everywhere. Every page in Ami Magazine, there's another lecture series that Rabbi Shastalb is doing. Number one, if you want to improve and learn more on Shara B'tachen, which is an amazing safer, by the way, Rabbi Shastalb is there to provide you the details of what you need. Second of all, there's a section on marriage advice. Rabbi Shastalb is doing that. There's a recipe section in Ami Living. Rabbi Shays Taub has recipes on how you can infuse your food with trust and that the food that identifies as the husband and the food that identifies as a wife can have shalom bias. This reminds me, back in the day, there was a baseball player who actually played football. His name was Bo Jackson. And they had these ads Bono's football, Bono's baseball, Bono's hockey, because they had him doing all things. So it's Shace knows this, Shace knows that, but literally everywhere I turn, it's Rabbi Shace Taub, and that is amazing. And while I'm being facetious, uh, Rabbi Shace Taub actually, amongst other things, has a terrific book on addiction, which we definitely have to talk about in the future. And that book is called God of, Our God of Our Understanding, and it's definitely a great book. In any case, thank you for tuning in this week. Be sure to listen to the interview I do with my cousin, the phenomenal Jewish singing superstar and podcaster extraordinaire, Hanala. I'll catch you all next week. Enjoy the interview. 
meeting is being recorded. Hello, this is Shmuel Tenenhaus House from the Shmuel Tenenhaus House podcast. And I am joined by a guest who is more famous and more talented and has a lot more podcast listeners. So help you God. The one, the only, Chanela. Say hello, is that Chanela. when I is that when I come in? <laughs> I don't yes, know how do. this whole po- I don't know how this whole podcasting thing works. So people just right. want to hear our thoughts. Like, what is wrong with people? Well, we have very deep thoughts, and we're going to yes, share them with do. everyone. And yes, I do. actually had a couple just a couple things to put out there very quickly. First of all, Hanala is my first cousin. So if you're ever wondering, does podcast talent run in a family? Yeah, it does, as you can see. Uh, Hanala, second of all, good, has lo- a very good looks pop- too. Good looks too. I didn't get that but I guess you guys did. Oh, it's from the Munchkin side. Sorry. Absolutely. So the second thing is Hanala has a very popular Jewish podcast. Where is it ranking on the the top Judaism podcast? You know what? Let's not talk numbers. It might have taken a little dip last week, but you know, it's doing well. People like it. Baruch Hashem. Okay. You also, I I will say you do have a slight advantage over me. One, you have 24,000 Instagram followers last I checked. (laughs) And 5,000 uh, Facebook friends because I was born in 1980. Okay, absolutely. I have I have zero. Also, one more thing also you have is uh, talent uh, and charisma. So just one <laughs> advantage over me over the next. And but, but, but this is even, this is actually like a pity podcast. I came here to help you with your ratings and hopefully we'll get a good show out of it. Absolutely. Thank you. I will take all the pity. I will take all the pity. Get. Um, pity, uh, send it my way. And what's the name of your podcast for people who are listening to my podcast who still don't know about the Hanala podcast? Hi, Ma. Hi, Ta. Hi, Aunt Goldie. Hi, Uncle Rafi. Um, It's the Weekly Squeeze. Okay. Amazing. So uh, it's an honor to be here. And I will say that not only do you have a a podcast and you're, I don't what are you, almost 30 episodes in? I lost count. Okay. Um, you've also been an inspiration. You've given me a lot, a lot of good pieces. All right, of enough. Hello. Can we just start talking none about of, our depression? Which, <laughs> n- none of which, none of which I follow. None of the pieces of advice I followed yet. But uh, I really appreciate you looking out for me and uh, sharing is caring. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. When did you start singing? People ask me that question all the time, and I usually okay, answer. I I usually answer the same time you started singing. When did you start singing, Shmuley? When was your first memory singing? Was it at the Seder? Never. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I've never. I've never done any singing. Uh, okay, but the, your brothers. You have a number of other tenant houses, junior tenant houses. They sang kids singing. I sang as a kid. I did. Let's put it this way. I didn't think that. You know, my singing as a kid had had no relation to my singing as as an adult. There's no reason why I'm 40 and I'm still singing. It's just you know, I You're started 40, singing. I'm 41. Aren't we the same age? All right, I'm 41. Fine, I'm 41. Okay. <laughs> I just got that extra year. And by the way, I just got you back for all the all the pity comment and everything else. Okay. So next question: uh, Why did you stop singing? I haven't stopped singing. I'm just joking. That was a trick question. <laughs> Um, the next question is, when are you launching a clothing line? Because I've been waiting and others have been waiting too. <laughs> You're really in touch with what's going on in my social media, clearly. Absolutely. So is that, is I, that a difficult, Are you just happy to see me? 
No, let me tell you something. I am very, I'm just going to ignore some things that you say. I'm telling you right now, people, that you're in very unsafe waters now between Shmuley and I. You do not know what, what, what what's coming because we don't either, but we have a feeling. Listen, I, I love being creative. And if clothing were in the stars for me, I would make rock star t-shirts. And I've even thought about making cool caps that say the weekly squeeze, just because people are going to wear them. And, you know, it's good marketing. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably not that hard to do. I'm sure there are companies that will drop ship for you. The point is, I'm always happy to create things that are positive and joyful and, you know, add to people's lives in whatever form they might be. And yeah, if it's a great podcast, then so be it. Okay, next question. Why did you start podcasting? What was the motivation? Because podcasts have been around for a while. I always miss the boat. It's like all my sisters were on Facebook and then like, Hanala, you must get on Facebook. I'm like, Facebook, Facebook. I'm not interested. I don't need it. And then you go and then you realize you kind of do need a password just to check it out. So you make a password and the next thing you know, you're busy with it 24 hours a day. So that's what happened to me. Did, did somebody tell you podcast and you said podcast, podcast? So I missed the boat on Instagram. I missed the boat on Facebook. I can't, I come in late to the party. It's like, I'm doing my thing. I'm making music and playing piano and working on projects. And I had a masterclass. I had a million things going on, but then it dawned on me that there's a door I haven't opened yet. And I open that door and lo and behold, you know, I'm late to the game, but I will make up for it. Yeah. And why are you saying you're late or that you missed the boat? Because there I mean, are people example, like if there's like a cruise ship and somebody who missed the boat, sometimes they'll send like a smaller boat to pick you up. <laughs> a the boat. Yeah, absolutely. A so, yeah. So maybe you arrived a little late, but you can get onto the cruise and just make a right. big deal about yourself. Right. Make because... a, make a, a grand entrance, a late grand entrance. Absolutely. Listen, so, yeah. everybody, everybody who is a creative and you included because you have, a, you have a creative mind. That's the most creative thing you need. You, you know, you're, you're going to break new ground when you take on something different or something the same as, as other people have done, because you bring something different to the table. So I'm, you know, I personally think everybody needs to fix their podcasts. <laughs> I'm like, this is podcasting this nonsense. You don't even have a decent mic. You know what I mean? I want to come no, no, in here and whip people into <laughs> shape. Yeah. You know, yeah, you gave me some grief about not even having my own zoom account, which is uh, completely <laughs> justified grief there. And uh, Hanala, by the way, I want anybody who's listening to this podcast, I want to uh, acknowledge and thank Hanala because in the beginning she said, great podcast, but you say um, um, a bunch and the professionals do not do that. So either you got to edit your stuff or just be more conscious of the fact that you're saying um, um, a lot. So that was another piece of Hanala advice that was dispensed to you uh, from you to me, and I didn't even ask for it, which was the best part about it, because normally you have to solicit advice. You gave it to me, and I took it. And I don't think you're late at all to podcasting. It seems to me that podcasting, while it's been around for a while, people do it more and more today. Yeah, but I also get like a little wary when everybody's doing something, because it takes away some of the mystery, some of the... And also, it just floods the market. I'm like, the weekly squeeze. They're like, what? My grandmother's podcast, you know, like, like they're 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 you know overwhelmed them. with so much stuff. It's hard to stand out. Yes, well, there are a lot of podcasts 
most podcasts, I was reading this online, so it has to be true because it was online. Oh, I, I, I went to YouTube University, baby. Okay, so most podcasts don't get past 10 episodes. I also read yesterday that, uh, you know, I think the stat was if you have more than 100 listeners within the first seven days of your podcast release on an episode, I think you're in the top 25 percentile of podcasts. I yeah, but that does, that. I've seen the I've read those stats and it it doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would people go all go like take all this meant like all these measures and record a podcast and come up with a title and make a picture and upload it and ask people to listen if they consistently get 100 people listening? Like, I don't I don't go out to well, get my mail. I don't people, go out to get my mail unless there are a hundred people who want my attention. Waiting for you. Yeah. There's, there's a hundred bills waiting for you when you take, you get your <laughs> that my husband could deal with. Yes. But you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Well, I think it's some, all of this or so much of this is tied to persistence where, and when I've spoken to, I spoke to one 100%. person on a successful podcast and his advice was don't really think about your numbers go out and make 20, you know, commit to doing it for a year, commit to doing 20 podcasts and then start looking back. And so I also, in terms of numbers, from the same stuff that I've read and sometimes I, I read them, could be I'm crying, could be I'm not crying and could be the crying has nothing to do with- I know, but at- one second, you are, you are, I don't I don't want to say suicidal because that's too harsh, but you're, you're, you, what's the word when you injure yourself? You're, these are self-inflicted wounds. Who makes a podcast without Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and 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 a, a repulsion to to WhatsApp? Like, how are you supposed to get your podcast on the ground? There's only so much heavy lifting I could do for you. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, hundred percent. And uh, for me, it just I've I've got spent way too much time in my life on social media, and it's kind of it's a never-ending hole. I've actually been speaking to people like such as my sister to do social for me and I can do audiograms like you suggested. Yeah, don't get back. Don't, it's, don't, don't go back. It's really, it's a cesspool. Completely. And I, and I, and I love it. But, and it's a trade-off, right? It's like, mm-hmm. what are you willing to give off right now? This is a nice, nice creative outlet, but what liberties am I going to be giving up? So I'll have more users. And I find that ultimately I would hope that good content will anyways rise to the top and it's just about consistency. And so I've spent my early days. And so, at least. and so you don't put your podcast, you don't even produce it digitally. You produce it on film. And if people want a showing a film of your podcast, Polaroid. they- it's Polaroids <laughs> and uh, in Braille. And so I have a blind person, he reads it and then he reads it to somebody else, a stenographer. Who but everything's in Hashem's hands. If it's meant to be, the right people will listen to it. You should know something. When I woke up this morning, I thought it was a regular day. And then, oh, and was it not? A text. No, because I got a text from Hanala about doing a Zoom recording for this podcast. So it's all hey, the chef's you hands. Ask you ask me. You ask me. No, my you know my point is that we made it in happen the blink today. of an eye. Your whole life could change. Correct, correct. My whole life changed because now I'm doing a recording with Hanala, and I woke up today, and I didn't think it was going to be today that we do it. So that's my point that I don't have to be on social, and then it's all good. All so, right. So if, one second. So you're, if you're from my audience and now you're subscribed to the Shmuel Tenant House podcast, I just want to apologize <laughs> beforehand for my cousin or anything he might say. Enter at your own risk. Okay, go on. And I want to take exactly what you just said and share it with my audience. The same, same <laughs> idea. 
So who is your favorite Jewish singer? For real? Yeah, for real. I want to know. Who's your favorite Jewish singer? That's a very loaded question because I'm, you know, I'm a Gansa Mensch in the Jewish... Hold on. I'm a big mensch in the Jewish music world and I can't start throwing favorites around. Imagine you asked Lady Gaga, who is your favorite singer? And she was like, Britney. And Christina Aguilera's agent would be like, what okay. on earth? Who is, who is one of your, give me an example of one of your favorite Jewish singers. So you okay, don't let's put it this way. Let us put, let it put, let me put it this way. There are a few artists that I truly respect. I truly respect Avram Fried. And I truly respect Benny Friedman. And I think they're perfect examples of a family that committed to 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 entertainment with, you know, the right intention and high standards, and really defined what Hasidic Jewish music is in, in in fifty years ago and now today, or thirty years ago and now today. Now, as far as I have, a, can I just ask one follow up question while we're at it? Sure. If Avram Fried started identifying as a female, would you sing a duet with him? Um, let me think for one second. I would have to say no, because he's so petite. I would never want to film with him for anything. Mind you, I'm okay, five, nine, saying, five, nine, five, nine. The whole, the visuals are just not, yeah. Gender. No, the visuals, this is right. more of a physical size thing. Totally, totally. But I would be like a dude. I would be a dude to like perform with Ivan Freed. Okay. And you could be a big guy, you know, that's cool. You had a thought, You there was a thought going on before I just jumped in with the identification question. No, what I'm saying is, as somebody who thinks and lives music and creates music, I don't see an artist. I see who writes their songs. I see who produces their songs, what their music is, who they are as a person. So it's really hard for me to define. To define. I know a lot of artists that they have, they have great songs. Maybe they don't have my favorite voice. I know singers that have a great voice that I love to listen to and they don't make enough music, whatever the case is. So I don't have a true favorite. I really don't. Um, but I would have to say, I love listening to my friend Chaya Kogan sing. She's amazing. Okay. And that you do have a little of a crush on the Friedman family, a singer you crush. Could, you could say that. You could say that. I'm not ashamed. Okay. Like professional, a professional courtesy type crush. I'm okay. not ashamed. Who are some of your favorite Gaisha singers? Oh, that's a good one. All right. I was obsessed. I only ask good ones. Like you said, that's a loaded question. I'm only, I have two, two, two stacks of questions. No, one no, I never, I can never answer these. I can never answer these because I know how few people are going to hear this podcast. I could just say things I would never say on a public forum. <laughs> so when okay. I, you know, I don't, don't worry, don't worry. My, my podcast is in public. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. My secret safe with you and your three listeners. <laughs> exactly. I loved Gaish music. I loved it. I ingested it. I used to listen to from back in the day, Mariah Carey and Amy Grant, and then, um, you know, Brian Adams and then Bon Jovi and Def Leppard and Guns N' Roses and, and, and Metallica and and Schlack. Why? Because I would think you're more like a boy band in sync and backstreet. Oh, that too. That too. I ain't like backstreet boys. I definitely liked in sync. I knew that album inside out. I love Britney Spears. I loved her and I was so, when she was bald with hitting the car with the umbrella, I was devastated I that. that day. That was a very that. hard day for me. I was like, how? I wonder if it's just, again, something that runs in the family, but so, okay. Heard, so those, yeah. those, are some, those are some good names. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But if I would have to say a favorite secular band, I would have to say, it's definitely between Chicago and Def Leppard and Brian Adams. Okay. 
Now, next question, how many, how many hours a day do you spend on social media? And I want a truthful answer. If you, the if question you should be how many hours a day do you not spend on social media? <laughs> <laughs> how many hours a day else? do you actually talk to your children? <laughs> yeah. Um, how, many, how many hours a day are you just functioning like a regular? Actually, I don't even you know. You mean the, the number that my iPhone alerts me is a little alarmingly high for, you know, my settings? That number? Yeah, somebody from, yeah, somebody from the phone company will just show up in your house and be like, <laughs> Hey, we're this from, is an intervention. <laughs> we're from human resources and we're very concerned. Give us well, the phone I'll, right now. Give I'll us put the it phone. This way. I'll put it this way. I have an Instagram account with a lot of um, engagement. I have a second Instagram account with a lot of female followers. Um, I have a podcast. I have a Facebook page. I have, you know, stuff that I'm sharing and it takes up a lot of time. I have to reply to people. These are not just, you know, random viewers of my Instagram stories. These are They're my fans. Bots. They're not bots, basically. They're not bots. No, I have real. And, real and it takes time. It's a, it's a little business. Albeit my husband thinks it's, you know, it's manicure money, but still it's a little business and it brings in money and I, and I love it. And it's also a big part of one second. It's, hang on, hang on. Give the woman a, a minute. And it's also part of my brand. So I'm more than happy to invest a lot of time in it. Plus, I hate being around my kids. All right, next. Okay, <laughs> Okay, that's a fair answer. So next question. This is more a philosophical question. If a wife screams at her husband in a forest, does it make a sound? It depends if the husband's Sephardi or Ashkenazi. Okay, that's, that's fair. Um, what other, I know you're very artistic. I know from your mom. What other hobbies do you have in addition to making music? That's a very, no one's ever asked me that actually. Or if they have, I'm always so confused. Like what else is there? You know, I'm like, what do you mean? What do you want me to, do? You want me to say? I garden, Crafting. I don't garden. I don't craft. You don't paint? I don't paint, I don't cook. I'm like your mother, except I'm plus, except I sing. <laughs> Because you do the music. And I talk a lot and I play and piano really well. Hang on. And I love to read, as you can see. I have a ton of books. Okay, so you do have some, so you do have hobbies. No, and also I have a life. I have four children. Believe me, my hobby became washing the floor. I mean, that's just something I really just enjoy now. I listen to the podcast and wash the floor lethally. I don't think you're, I don't think you're alone with that. I've done, I find that podcasts are definitely a good way to do household chores. And keep yourself busy. And I've washed toilets listening to podcasts, empty the dishwasher. Sometimes if my wife will ask me to do something on Shabbos, I'm like, just, I'm just going to do it now with, without <laughs> numbing my brain with something else. And I, 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 that's not going to happen right now. You know now. what? Podcasts in a sense are social media without, without a lot of the drama. Without the social and the media part. Exactly. Okay. Um, I get that. So next question, do you think the world is a better place than it was when we were growing up because no. the secrets out everyone, or do you think we are, the world is not a better place? Um, ooh, good question. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much. I was not abused as a child. So I can't tell you that like it would be. Is so that a terrible. joke, by the way? 
No, that is not a joke. I mean, besides the joke. fact that I, the one time I came to your house for Shabbos and one of your brothers took a, push, pulled down his pants and pitched on me, that felt very traumatizing. Well, we had asked him to do that in advance because it was And he volunteered. Special- exactly. Absolutely. Do you remember that? I mean, it, it happened it to so many like guests. It sounds like something. It happened, it happened to so many Stop guests. Stop it. Where were we in the mix? Oh, you were the one. Right, right. Now no. I remember. It wasn't Nomi. It was you. No, it was again. It really is. There's a long list of people that I'm. We're still uh, doing settlements, and till till this day, we're still paying these stuff off. So, so uh, my answer would be, I am definitely um, happy that I have a vibrant, colorful life here in the future, and it's a good one, and I'm happy to be living it. And I also had a great childhood, but you know that was then. This is now, and right now I'm thinking about now. So, my vote is for now. Do you think the world again? That was my question. Are we worse off in the world than we were? Years oh, for ago? sure, like, for sure, for sure. For give sure. me one example. Other than I this podcast, all, all, all the examples. I mean, wherever you look, I think liberalism brought the world into a new level of, you know, uh, a- absolute idiocy across all the boards. I think stripping away what a man and a woman is like and having that conversation and spent like people are dying in Ukraine and we're like, call me Zer. Like, it's so, it's not normal. Like what, why, why are people so pitiful? It's like, I look around and I see the, the garbage that comes, the streaming garbage that comes out of, you know, youth all over the world. And I'm just like, is this really why we're here? Like, is this really why we're doing this? So in that sense, I think this overload of, um, you know, social media and interacting with one another has just made everybody stupider, lazier, fatter, and not not worse looking because, I don't know, people just manage to still look great. Well, those are all the filters that they have on social. And the way you just described social is actually making me anxious and thinking about giving it an- another shot. Um, you said it's a cesspool, right? It's a harsh word, cesspool. I want to take that back. It's not a cesspool. It's a lukewarm, far-pitched swimming pool where everybody's swimming and throwing the ball around, but people are pitching in the pool. Next question. Um, Do you have any good nipple jokes to share? Next. Okay. Because that was one of the pieces of advice that you gave me, which was like about my podcast. You're like, please. And you no. had, and you're a rebel, and that's fair. I respect that. The, for the integrity Absolutely. of your podcast, I respect that. 100%. Yeah, two nipples speaking to each other on the phone. Uh, yeah, and then no, they, let's go. They completely zoned out. Another example. <laughs> and, and then they, they even forgot what they were talking about. And that would that's be another it. example. And now they're back. And now they're back. And that would be an example of nipple confusion. Like, what were we talking about? Right. Now we're back. No, let's go. You milk this joke. Get it? You milk this joke. Next. Very good. (laughs) Get you writing for my show. Okay. Do people, you know, this is a question about fame. So I want to ask you, how does it feel to be famous? And do people recognize you ever on the street? People actually started recognizing my husband because he's like this big DJ. And they're like, oh, my God, is, are you that guy from Instagram? I'm like, hello, he's married to Hanel of the singer. Hello. I've been trying to get your attention for 20 years. Um, so in some sense, um, yes and no. I mean, I wish I was more famous because in my 
simple calculation, the more famous you are, the richer you'll probably become. And if I had a lot of money coming in, I wouldn't be out here entertaining everyone all day. I'd probably be building my dream home and hanging out with my kids and going on vacation. So in that sense, um, what was the question? <laughs> I don't even remember, but just remember that whatever you're doing today is exactly what you're supposed to be doing in the world. You know that. That, you know what? I don't know that. And I don't think about that often enough. I need to be reminded that because sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this? You are doing this. And the reason why people follow you or listen to your podcast is because they love your music. They love your podcast and they want to have a connection with you. And that is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. I suppose it's a big I'm responsibility. Gonna I'm going to bill your insurance for that little therapy I just gave you. I live in Israel. I get therapy for free. Okay, I want some shekels. I don't care. I want something <laughs> from the government, a, a bag of bomba. I just had so, your parents over, by the way. I just had your parents over, and they were wonderful it's, guests. They're the best. I want them to come home. If they're listening, Monta, please come home. We love you. Next question. When somebody compliments you on your podcast, like sends you a message or tells you in real life, does your head start physically swelling? Well, every single day or two, I get into the car with my husband and he goes, you know what you said on the podcast was garbage. I'm like, excuse me? Or he'll be like, you know that you said in Hebrew expression and it was, you totally translated it wrong. Like, do you know how many people are listening to you? And I'm just like, you know, like overloaded with criticism. And, uh, you know, I basically, and today he was like, why did you glorify Matis Yahu on, on, on yesterday's podcast? I'm like, did you just use the word glorify? He's like, yes, you glorified him. And you know what? He, he was very traumatic to, to a lot of people, what he did. And I was like, I know, but it's the nine days. And I was trying to like, I was thinking maybe his son's going to listen and I want to be, you know, a, a voice of, of positivity. And he was a nice guy until he, you know, decided not to be from. He's entitled. Anyways. By the way, just so you know, people can still be nice if they're not from. Oh, sure. But but I think the firm community had a bigger, a big time. I say it like it's a revelation. I think the firm community had a big time with Matisseau, back to Matisseau, because they felt that he had a commitment to them. And this is something I speak about often as far as music goes. You have a commitment with your listeners as a podcast, as a podcast host, as a singer, as somebody who shares their voice, their thoughts. You have a responsibility. And I think people were disappointed with Matisseau. But at the same time, he's a human being and he tried Yiddishkeit and he was ehrlich about it and earnest about it and it didn't work for him. And what do we want? Absolutely. I concur. Okay. Is there a Shidduch crisis? I saw you on COL. There was something going on Shidduch and related. So you know what? I, I, I need a campaign to tell me that. I just, you know, I've, I've experienced it firsthand in our, in my own, everyone has experienced it. Everyone is part of this crisis. So of course there's a shidduch crisis. Do, am I thinking about it all the time now that my sisters got married Baruch Hashem, last year and the year before? Less, you know, that's just how it is. So it is important to, to remind people that, you know, when you marry off your children or when life settles down or when, you're, you know, busy with other things, don't forget there are still people who are not married and we have to keep trying. So, you know, who, who can't agree with that? Well, it's not that I, I don't agree with it, but I would just say there's, we talk so much about the Shidduch crisis, but then when we talk about people who are unhappily married, 
there's a crisis there that nobody talks about as if like getting married is going to solve everybody's problems. For some people, they get married and they're just as miserable or more miserable. I mean, okay. I can't speak to everybody, but I'm just saying it's like, it's like the shidduch crisis is you talk about the AIDS crisis, you, you solve it and then they get, they get the medicine, they get married and it's all good. No, it, it's not good. People are not happy. And I'm not, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I'm just saying, I think there should be a disclaimer. Like when we talk about the shidduch crisis that says like in tiny print, just because you're going to get married, it's not going to solve all the issues that you have. And marriage doesn't necessarily equal happiness unless okay. you work on it and on yourself. Okay. But those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Absolutely. People can, so absolutely. So we have to keep in mind that there are absolutely. many First of all, as far as the marriage crisis goes, let's just unpack that for a second. If you have a second, I'm not the one who has two sets of twins. I mean, that's on you guys. It's not like they a normal it. thing. It's a blessing. It is a blessing. It is definitely a blessing. Really Hashem blessed. is blessed. And by the way, this has nothing to do. Usually when people have issues with marriage or the crisis that they have with marriage, it's not pertaining to the children. It's usually their spouse. The children are just along for the ride. But usually that, it's that's just a very good point. That's a very good point. Relationships. You never have people walk around going, my wife is the best. My kids just drive me crazy. Right. That's a very good point. However, however, and let's just blame social media again, because that's just the easiest way out. It's all social media's fault. If there was no social media, people would be more happily married. And then, you know, that would be good. I think also people were very unhappily married years ago, but they just didn't have a place to talk about it. And memes didn't exist. And also, like, you know, here they have a way to connect with other people. Like back in the day, divorce was less common because people really didn't know, like, it was a popular, it was like a thing to do. But now that it's like so much more accessible, it seems like. Yeah, you join, you join a community, which is nice for, nice for a lot of people, but it definitely provides a cushion for people thinking to you know, abandon something that you're supposed to work really hard for. Now, I'm not saying it's easy because, again, social media has made made our attention spans as short as, as a gnat's. Like we have the attention span of a mosquito, not even a mosquito, of like a, a disabled fly. We can't take in anything. So how are we supposed to take in marriage and the long term plan for our relationships and the work it takes to fix them and the books you need to read and the therapy you need to do? People are just like, dude, I'm going to make a reel about how annoying you are. And that's it. I love it. So you made Aliyah. You live in Israel. I have two more questions, by the way. I wanted to know, what is your favorite part of living in Israel and your least favorite part about living in Israel? There's two answers to that question. My favorite part about, and I'll answer both of them. Question. It was a two-part question, so. I know, but there's a four. There's four parts. There's four parts. Oh, yeah. And those four okay. parts have two parts. Now okay. we're at eight. <laughs> Basically, my, fav my favorite part about living in Israel is that I don't have to live in America, okay? And my least favorite thing about living in Israel is that sometimes I want to live in America. You know, I, I miss things. I miss family. And sometimes Israel, Israel is just annoying, flipping annoying, and I don't want to be here. But, but on the flip side, almost always, I, I am very happy here and I don't want to be in America. Like I chose to leave there and I don't have any regrets. 
you know, we got, we don't need Costco and the amount of time I spent in Costco, I've written, I've written orchestras okay, in the, in every, that time everything. that cleared up from off Costco. Okay. I just want to say that everything you've mentioned, the, the podcast, including a pitching sibling and different things and, and disclaimers, I would have agree with you wholeheartedly, but now just to knock Costco like that, so unfair. <laughs> Costco, I get my whitefish from Costco. And I've mentioned Don't before, get me Costco, wrong. Don't get me wrong. There is nowhere in the world, not even Dubai is like Costco. I I, I believe that to be true. No, no, but you know, we, we get I, Kirkland, we get Kirkland paper towel here. And Kirkland, I think there's a granola bar or applesauce packets, you know, like we're, we're garbage bags. I wear Kirkland signature. <laughs> I've worn Kirkland in back in the day when I was a fancy gear in, in Hollywood, Florida. Living in a so, private uh, residential neighborhood. Kenahara, Kenahara. Yeah. So again, you want to knock a country? That's okay. And <laughs> and and to lift Israel, very good, <laughs> spiritual. But Costco's, I just started to get physically. You draw the line. You draw the line yeah. to Costco. And, believe me, we don't pay for a membership. We use somebody else's membership. <laughs> of, course do. Do. of course you do. Of course you do. My point is, we can coexist. You can have Costco membership, but don't necessarily have to pay. For it. Okay. My last question. But one second, um, my second part of the question, I really did have another um, explanation and I'll make oh, it quick. It was, second, it was a second part for your third. Whatever, forget the math. The I bottom line it. is my favorite thing about living in Israel is the, the energy here. It just pulses th through you. And I know people say that all the time, but when you live here, you just you just get that. And my least favorite thing about living here is the fact that you can't take long, hot showers. I mean, seriously, you have to check into a hotel to take a, a night. I went to Amsterdam for my, for my fifth, I think 15 year anniversary with my husband. And I was like, so excited to have hot water. I just let it run the whole night. I mean, you just don't have that here in Israel. And that's the pits. That's everywhere. Nobody like, what's, most the, what's the duration homes, of a shower? Most homes, most normal homes mid to upper class Israelis have um, sun powered water heaters on their roofs. Okay. Now, if you drive by an Arab village, you'll notice that they are black. They're painted black because black attracts the sun. But the Jewish people, you know, they actually have electric heaters. So you can turn on the electricity in your house directed at that, you know, heater and boil up water. But when the electricity is not on, the water there accumulated is getting hot from the sun because they're solar powered. So what happens is on a day where there's no sun, when it's 35 degrees outside and it, it is a lot of the winter, you have to boil that water. And how much showering can an American overweight American family do that just moves to Israel and not run out of that water after, you know, a half an hour? Then you have to boil it again. And it takes a long time to boil water. I'm saying is how long can somebody like what what's the cutoff for a shower the max for a boiling hot shower like i like it 10 like, minutes 15 wow. minutes so 15 you minutes very, you have to be very there's no brushing teeth for sure not brushing teeth in the winter i was actually considering doing these cold showers because they say it's good for like depression and all the and anxiety like it just shocks your system you come out and you're on a high i'm like that's a great way to get high i'll take a freezing cold shower but anyways, that didn't work out, so. Okay, I have one last question, okay? You don't have to answer it if you're not comfortable. 
how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Could chuck wood. How much wood could a woodchuck wood? No. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? So you messed yeah, it how up. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? And I want to ask Hanala that question. Um, I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to write that into a song because I need to really flesh that out and see where the story takes us. So I'll get back oh, to you on that. Amazing. I have done all my questioning. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. One second. Let me just hit the record. Oh, knock it off. Knock it off. China, the Chinese chicken. You have a drumstick and your brain stops sticking. Watching X-Files with no lights on. With all our maze sauce. I hope the smoking beds is new. Well, like Harrison Ford, I'm getting frantic. Like Sting, I'm fan trick. Like Snickers guaranteed to satisfy. Like Curacao, I make